Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark. And this is Gordon. And we love talking about baseball. We're talking about interleague play here today. And when you look at it as something that's kind of talked about now in baseball, it's almost starting to be looked at as sort of a not good thing. That people don't really like it that much. That it's diluted something. And I remember when it came in, in I think it was like the mid-90s. 97. I was super excited as a kid, purely because... It let me see players I didn't normally get to see play play. You could have seen them on ESPN highlights. But I got to watch you... a game with Ken Griffey Jr. playing the Mets. Right, right, right. And and that was, you know, the original reason for interleague play was about attendance, thinking that if you have games against the other league, you know, more fans show up. And and that's was the case. It's not as much the case as it used to be, maybe still a little bit, you know, more interest. But I, I agree. I think that the enthusiasm for interleague play is is not there to the degree that it that it was in the past. I think, yeah, and it's unfortunate, but I, I think that it makes sense because also as time has gone on and your ability to watch and keep up with highlights and games and teams not in your area is so much higher these days, you're not, if you don't want to be, you're not cut off from following the Angels right. if you live on the East Coast like you were if you lived on the East Coast in 1995. Exactly. And, and and so, you know, interleague play, they have been talking about this. You can go back to Nap Le Joie, you know, in, in the early part of the 20th century, you would talk about trying to get it done. But it wasn't until the 30s when the great Bill Veck, right, using Hank Greenberg as his uh, general manager, was talking about having a 28 game, you know, uh, interleague season. It never happened and finally didn't happen and, and finally did happen in 1997. Um, and, and, it, at the beginning, it really created excitement, and fans showed up for the games. And that those early Met Yankee series, for instance, were you know I still remember Dave Malicki pitched the first interleague game against the Yankees, and he pitched a shutout, and no, not even many Met fans remember who the hell Dave Malicki, much no. less spell it. But I mean, it's interesting because you know a couple weeks ago we talked about the All Star Game, and I think one of the things that has diluted interest in the All Star Game is interleague play. Absolutely, hundred percent, because. You can now see these players in a way that you couldn't. And instead of the instead of the All-Star game being the one chance outside the World Series to watch these teams play, you can do it kind of throughout the season. But I don't think the solution for us, you know, just quickly is to take just to go away entirely from interleague play. I think that's the mistake that we're talking about too much. There's simply too many games. I, I think it's pretty obvious that fans have a certain appetite for certain interleague rivalries. Right. And I think that's where you have to go with it. The idea of going away from interleague play entirely is dumb because like New York fans want to watch the Mets play the Yankees every year, every year, every year. There should be six games minimum interleague. Chicago play. fans want to watch the White Sox play the Cubs. L.A. fans want to see the Dodgers play the Angels. Like, yeah, but then you go further down the line, right? You get past about nine or so natural interleague big, right, what, so rivalries. You need to do the big ones, but then the other ones, you give them a couple token regional series to play in, in an effort to develop some regional rivalries. But nobody needs to watch the Cleveland Indians play the Arizona Diamondbacks. Are the Red Sox and the Phillies uh, some sort of a natural rivalry because they're both on the East Coast? No. 
We don't need. They've been around a long time. Right. And and so sometimes there's not going to be a good natural matchup for them. So in that case, you just pick a regional one because it makes the most sense to. But it's going to because obviously at the same time, if not everybody's doing it, okay, a couple teams play one other team in two series during the year. And as a percentage of the season, you know, there's, I, I think, something like 18 interleague games. So a little bit more than 10% of your games um, are interleague games. Well, in the NFL, it's actually 25% of the games are interconference games. Again, it's, it's hard to compare a 16-game season, now 17-game season, yeah, to, to 162. But uh, to me, it seems like there's too much that can happen in these non-important interleague rivalry games that can affect the race. I guess at the same time, I'll say... Is it just because of the race that those 18 games would have been better served? That you're, Are we that much better watching the Mets play 18 games against the Reds and the Rockies than we are against watching them play the Tigers and the Mariners? The premise I'm saying is you want to win the National League. You have to beat the National League teams in order to represent the National League in the World Series. The interleague is kind of fun, but when, in, in my opinion, when it becomes too many games, it, it – takes away from the league well, uh, championship a little bit. And I think one of the things that they messed up is originally throughout the year, I remember when interleague play started, interleague play was like specific weekends. Right, 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 exactly. And that made it cool because it was an event. Oh, this weekend the teams are going to play different teams. Now it's just like there's like one random interleague game kind of a night. Every well, that had to happen because in 2013, when the Astros switched leagues, mm-hmm. you know, and and they joined the American League, each team has each league has 15 teams. Well, I'm not really good at math, but, but you you're gonna always need to have somebody either have an off day or an interleague. So, so you know, this is sort of a trap that they ended up in continuing the interleague play that they have to have an interleague game every and now single they're kinda, night. They're kind of forced into having to expand two more teams, which I think. I'm surprised they haven't done it. It's been a long time since they've expanded. It takes a long time. Look, we've had a discussion on this podcast about expansion. It's coming for sure. And Vegas think, is likely. Yeah, and one other team. And when they do that, I bet we see a realignment of how they do interleague play because then it's a lot easier. But do you think they'll have fewer interleague games? I mean, do we really need I think we will. games? I think we will because, for one, it's annoying for the players by a travel thing because you can't really work those games in on like a swing a lot of the time so it's like a one-off series where you like you randomly leave home in the middle right. of a road in the middle of a homestand to go play like like the blue jays the blue jays would leave like playing in toronto for like a, a homestand to like come play three games of the match just to go back to toronto to keep playing i don't know if that's actually the case right, right. but that that's how it feels and and actually it's 20 games since 2013 each season that each team plays in interleague play but not only that, in 2020, somehow, and this really I, I struck me, there were 298 interleague games uh, in last mm. shortened season of 60 games for each team. The year before, there were 300. So as a percentage of the total games right, played but, last but year, there were way more interleague games I think than that's normal. more of a function of them trying to play regional games so you didn't have teams like them. The Mets played less games against West Coast Yes, opponents. yes, that's true. So you would play just so that you weren't only playing your division rivals every single game. You played interleague, so you'd play the AL East instead of playing the NL Central or West. I, it does have to do with regional uh, matchups for sure in the COVID season yeah. last year. Um, and, and over the years, uh, the American League has done better than the National League in general, uh, 52% overall, which is actually not that significant no. when you think about it. Uh, and, and that has only come closer because the National League um, had the better record in 18 and 19 to sort of catch up a little bit. Right, because I do remember the AL was considerably better for 
for the first set of years in reg- in interleague play, and then the NL has been more has been better performing recently. But you know the, the the even this season in terms of the race and how it affects teams' chances, right? The San Francisco Giants uh, this season are nine and five in interleague games. Okay, somehow you know that adds to their ability to be in first place. Certainly, it, it, it's it's certainly helped them. Uh, and there are some teams that have played very few interleague games for some strange reason, like the Astros are two and five in interleague games. They've got seven interleague games, and, and the Giants have fourteen. That's a big difference. And the Astros have sixty wins, so you would think they're going to do better, you know, uh, as time goes on in interleague games. But right now, that's actually hurt their overall yeah, record. They've got thirteen interleague games floating around out there. So you know, be, you know, the Braves are three and twelve in interleague games this year. Weird that they're just, but like. At the same time, it's just like are interleague games lesser valued just because they're just not against your own league? That's that. What I'm trying to say is, yeah, I, I think particularly if you like, let's say you you're going to match up division against division because it's easy, the East against the East, and so that the Orioles are a traditionally struggling team, and and there's a few struggling teams in that division. If you're the National League East, and you're going to get to sort of fatten up. On, on those teams to a degree that's going to help your overall record, whereas the other team may not have the same ability they have to, to play the AL West. Right, and they right. they're to... playing the A's and the uh, and the Astros, and and so their record gets so that's the complaint a lot of the time is is that if you get a soft year, it's really going to ad- advantage the team that plays the lesser teams mm-hmm. in that particular rotation, and I think it has too much of an impact on division races, on playoff races. Now I went back and. Tried Try to find some statistics to back this up. It's really hard to to pull that stuff out. I have to do a better job of really getting into that because that's that's because it 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 it, it almost, have evidence it, it almost mirrors it. a football strength of schedule argument where you're saying, oh, you know what? Because this year you're playing two of the easier divisions, you have a much easier schedule this year. But baseball doesn't do that, right? But they do through interleague play. Well, because you're it, playing a random division in interleague play. It's scheduled here. though years in advance. You're going to play this division right. and that division. But you do that. That happens in football because of it. Like you end up with an easier schedule because you're playing a division in a particular year, and they just happen to not be very good that year. Yeah, I don't know if MLB does that right. So I think you play every team in the division if that's the case. Whereas in the NFL, you might not play, play one of the. You might, but not it's play still one that on that rotating kind of schedule. So you're going to play the AL East and the. AFC East one year, and then you'll play the Centrals the next year. So you might end up compared to somebody else somewhere in your league with an easier schedule because the Easts just happened to stink that year. Right, right. The, and, and and that really benefits, you know, your chances. Right. But is that really that big a deal? I think it's if you're if you're vying for a division crown. So winning the division this year, particularly in the National League, right? You've got the National League West, which is going to provide what looks like to be all the wild card teams, mm-hmm. right? So if you're the East or the Central, you have one shot to get to the playoffs. You have to win the division, and you really would not like it if, in fact, you your your rival has a chance to beat up on you know. Yeah, but so do you. Yes, you have a chance to. You play those same teams. Right, right. So, so in in a league this year, it's probably better in the National League because all the teams in the West will make it, independent of the fact that so the you, Eastern teams might have played so a weaker. That, that, you know, yes, you. So, so uh, I I don't think you're wrong. I just think it's interesting to think about from a perspective of I don't think it's that the the interleague games make it easier or harder for any one team because any team they would be the only thing that makes it harder is 
is for is for the wild card spots. Right. That's where it matters cuz cuz if the NL West is playing Patsies in their right. interleague game and you're having to play a much harder division, then you're like, "Wait a second, you get a beat up on them when I'm having to struggle with like the White Sox." That's an excellent point. The division title, you play the same opponents. It's the wild card race that it matters for and it make it make a big difference for. And 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 you could lose the wild card very easily, you know. Because that you could have Because a, your strange that schedule was more difficult was than more the, difficult. Than the right. other wild card team. So um, since since the introduction of interleague play, um, the American League we said you know has the better one one loss record. In fact, they won the season series through t- 2018 17 times, including 14 straight times, which is pretty amazing, right? For only having 52 percent of the overall wins, they just they, happen they, to they edge. always always happen to edge. Right, right, exactly. So and, and and it made me think about so why would there be any reason why the American League might fare what would probably be slightly better, right? Not necessarily, you know. Hugely better. The only thing I can think is that it's maybe it's not as much of a disadvantage losing the DH as it is having the advantage of having a guy specifically on your team that's meant to be a DH. Uh, you nailed it. I had the same thought going. I guess having a DH on your roster who's there and all that, whereas if you're a team like our Mets, you know, you've got actually the, a bunch of DHs, the Met, the they Mets, would be okay. The Mets are okay, but compared but other to teams both, might other not. teams are like, it's not like you have, a lot of teams have a guy where they're like, or, or, or even the guy that you're putting in as the guy, like you might have a guy like the, the Nationals might be like, oh, sweet, we could put Schwarber as DH and he doesn't have to play the field. But if the guy you're putting in for Schwarber is all defense and no bat. Now, props to Schwarber, who actually has played pretty well in the right, outfield right. this just, year. So we get on him a little bit. But, but he he's just the example. If you have a, season. you know, the Mets would do the same thing with Dom Smith in left field. You bump Nimmo over and you put Pilar in center. But is having Pilar in the lineup over having a pitcher? Oh, how about how about I'll do do I'll do you one better? How about the Giants? How about Buster Posey? Right, so you know having a great season and all that, having games where he doesn't have to catch mm-hmm. and he can just hit will extend his effectiveness through the season. Yeah, the guy that might play behind him may not be a great hitter, but it's the wear and tear it's on wear, Posey. Uh, that's, that, yeah, that's, that's a specific advantage. case as a catcher. But it can happen if you look around. It can as, happen. Yeah, so those are a couple extra games you get to sneak away, and that's why he's also in playing first. Right, right. They're just trying to give the guy rest, you know, more than anything else. And keep his bat in the lineup. So um, do you think um, that uh, the interleague the interleague play will come down? You said when they add two more teams, now we've got 32 teams. So you can play. So do you, do you think they'll take it down to maybe six games or nine games? I think the, I think the players aren't hugely into it. The fans aren't hugely into it. So I think if you condense it down to just the important regional rivalries and then if you need to float games, you just play proximity games. So right, the Phillies and the Red Sox might not have any rivalry, but they're close to each other. So right, why and, not? And they've been around a long time. And they've been around a long so, time. But I, I don't think you have, you know, like, but we used to be the Philadelphia. No, no, no. Basic her like fans that the no. fans that were born after 1980 don't care about that. So there are there are nine. I'll, I'll give you nine rivals. You tell me if you agree with these. OK, OK. Rangers and Astros. Yeah, keep it. Battle of Texas. Right. Yeah. OK. Orioles and Nationals. Keep it. OK. How about Giants A's? Mm-hmm. Reds and Guardians? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, Royals and Cardinals. You gotta keep that, that one. That is the I-70 that, series. That's a big that's a big one. Okay. Cubs, White Sox. Yep. Mets, Yankees. Rays, Marlins. No. 
Yeah, it's, it's a, like those two teams. The Battle of Florida. <laughs> yeah, you're not, ex- not. Is that, are they two young teams that you can't have that kind of history built up either in franchise because they're relatively new? They just there's just nothing no there. Juice. There's just no juice no there. No juice there. How about Dodgers Angels? That feels like a one sided rivalry. Mm. It feels like that scene from Mad Men where the guy's in the elevator talking to Don Draper, <laughs> and he's like, Don Draper's just like, I don't even think about you. That's kind of how I feel like the Dodgers are to the Angels. They're like, the Angels are like, we're catching up to that's you. We the, got, that's the freeway series. We've got Come Otani. On. We've got Trout. And the Dodgers are just like, just yeah, There's no who? juice. We're playing we for care. a world championship. What yeah. are you guys doing? Um, selling so, social media stuff? Like, they just don't care. Are you familiar with the I-94 series? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm guessing Twins? Good, very good. And the Milwaukee Brewers. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that was when Milwaukee... And, and see, the problem with something like that is, I bet that is probably a more intense rivalry than we on the East Coast right. give it credit for. A little regional uh, It's probably, it. yeah, it's a little regional. Because we'll acknowledge Cincinnati, Cleveland, just because it's more historical than Twins Brewers. But right. I imagine that that Twins Brewers something means something to that people, those people in that area. Absolutely. And, and I think for the same, like, like, you know, you don't think of the Tigers and Pirates as being like bitter rivals, although Detroit is not that far from Pittsburgh, and both teams have been around and, for and the a other long thing, time. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, they I've, played in the World Series back in the 19, I think early nineteen hundreds. That's the kind of one that's like fine to do as a floating rivalry. Like, okay, we need to have some interleague games just to make the schedule even out. That's a good one to do, Detroit Pittsburgh. But but I think if you're gonna if you're gonna go, so we only we only could come up with, and I said nine, and you're not even giving me the Dodgers and the Angels or the Marlins and the Rays. Or the Marlins and the Rays. So that makes seven. So now you've got to have all these other series that are really just well, we got to play the other guys so that the traditional big time rivals can have their stupid six games, if you will, against each other. So now you're gonna have these rotating series. Yeah. Yeah, so, through, yeah, you, you just know. have a couple. So you, do you really need 20 of those? No, you probably only need the interleague teams to be playing six games. And I think what you want to do is increase the meaningful games between like teams that you know. Pittsburgh, Detroit might not be a, a, a real rivalry, but Pittsburgh, Philadelphia – Right. That you could probably increase and have and a few more in, games. And that's outside the division. That's outside the division, but that's where I would replace those games with, with from interleague play. Outside the division, but meaningful games between teams that you do have history together there. That, that are in your league. That are in your league. It's Some, some teams aren't going to have that. Like the Mets don't really have another team they have a strong connection to. In the American League. In the National League outside of the East. The Cardinals, the oh, Cubbies. Oh, yeah. Come on. Those are... Wait, but like, it's not like Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, oh, as boy. much to me. So, so you have to remember that the Mets and the Cardinals and the Cubs were all in the same division for a long time, little before you were really right. So, so that's also I think that's where those would probably be good interleague like extra games to pick up and while reducing the number of interleague games and not just defaulting to be like, Oh boy, we got another Mets, Braves, Mets, Phillies, Mets, national series. You already have something like, I think 18, I keep thinking with 18 games, 18 games against your division. Right. I don't need to see, more. I don't need to see more of those games. In fact, and I, I got that this year when watching the hockey, you know, when they didn't, because of COVID, they had no travel. Like the Islanders played the the, the, the Penguins and the Rangers and the Flyers. I got a million times. I'm like tired of seeing these stupid teams. They right, played so I would rather see the Cubs more than twice right, a season. Right, right. Exactly where I'm going. And, and you can only make, you used to make two trips to the West Coast to play, you know, the West Coast teams. I think they only make one now. Right. Increase, so alternate, alternate years. One year you go out to the, the, the go out Heartland. Twice. 
One year you like one year you go out twice to the Heartland. Like one, the next year you go like out that. twice to the West Coast. I like it. That way teams are being forced to go twice a year, every year out to the West Coast. And you know some years you're gonna have to do a double trip. I just want because baseball isn't football, right? And that, you know, I want your league games to mean something that helps determine your fate in the playoffs and going forward, as opposed to having 20 games against the other league have that big an right. impact on your exactly. chances. And if it's only like two series, one home, one away for those major rivalries, you're not going to tell me that somehow the Mets or the Yankees are advantaged by getting to play those six games over the other teams in their division. Right, right. Because it's so like, like when the when the White Sox or the Cubs were bad in recent years, you know, the Mets, you know, always had to play the Yankees, right? And so the Yankees are always good. And the Mets are like, oh, we got to play these guys. They're good right, every it's year. Like, it's like it's six games, six games, those six games. So much this year, you can't point to those six games and say right. that's why right. we didn't that make won't the, be the determining factor. Twenty games might be the determining factor against a division that's having a bad year. Like if, if you're playing the National League East, you might look at that this year and say, "Well, this is the year you want to play those guys because the Braves or, are struggling, or you get you the get, Phillies are struggling." You get lucky, you get the NL West, and for whatever reason, this year you're not playing against the Dodgers and the Padres, so you play a series against the Giants and then the D-backs in the Rockies. And then you get like the pirates in your NL NL central series. And you're like, Oh, hello. Yeah. Bring it, bring it. We like, like not because like, yeah, those teams are bad, but that's like a huge advantage. If then your division rival played like the brewers, the Padres and the Dodgers. And you're there just like, okay, we got beat up in our interleague games. So, so, there's no reason anymore, right, for attendance because that really isn't the driving uh, force for interleague games. And, and if they try to tell us it's attendance, that's bullcrap. I agree. Because no. they don't make their money from attendance anymore. You make your money from TV. Yeah, the, the marginal difference in crowds, if it even exists, is not enough to make that the underlying reason for having more interleague games. In some, the only ta- the only places where it maybe makes a difference in attendance is major metropolises. Yeah. And I know I said that goofily. <laughs> but well, it's not Metropoli. Right, Metropoli. But <laughs> New York. There's always so many people in New York. Having another team from a city that isn't normally there will help maybe sell it. Like, like you might see sell out a game you might not sell out on a Wednesday afternoon against the Phillies. Yeah, let's, let's the Texas Rangers are in town. You want to go see the Texas Rangers? It's not about you and I. <laughs> it's about the people from Texas that are in New York that will go to the game. Oh, that's a good point. Be, so in New York, it matters. Okay. In LA, it matters. Okay. I don't think it makes that big a difference in Pittsburgh. I don't think it makes that big a difference in Cleveland. In those places that aren't giant tourist cities... Yeah, I mean, you'll have your fans that from the from, from that the, are traveling through that wants to watch their team playing away. It's not like right, it. It's right, not like right, Kansas right. City. You're not going to have that many New York fans that are going to be there to make an appreciable difference in yeah. your interleague games, especially across the spectrum. Like there might be enough, you know, Miami Marlins fans coming to see them that they'll go see them in Yankee Stadium for whatever reason. I think if the Marlins were a better team well, and the it, Rays are good, you actually could get some juice. The in problem that rivalry. is it's also tough with the New York because if you're a fan of either, t- like let's say you're a fan of your team, you're going to have a chance to come see them because they're going to be coming up there to play either the Mets or the Yankees. So it's not like, oh, there's only one team in here. So if I'm a fan of the Angels and um, I live in Milwaukee, I can only ever see the Angels when they come to play Milwaukee. It's not like they're going to show up and play some other team. And some it's of the this time. interleague thing. So that isn't going to happen in our new alignment, right? You're going to the Angels might not play Milwaukee for 10 years. Right. And that's OK. Yeah, I agree because with that. <laughs> people that are like people that are like the number of fans 
that are that you're catering to in that are so small because you're catering to the people that want to go to a baseball game that live in a town that's distinctly different from their team's town and it's a town that's a, the hometown of another major league baseball team in the other conference those are the people that are most served by interleague baseball so you have your one uh, rotational every year six games against your rival mm-hmm. okay and maybe you add another series or two and you can rotate you don't even have to have it be – you could just rotate it through the random, 16 it just teams be random the teams. And then so that maybe you only play them every 15 years or something like that. You play the other team. Yeah. So what? So what? Oh, yeah. Remember when the, the Mets played the, you know, the Royals back in 2005? You know, that's what it's going to be like, and I think ability, it'll be fine. Because your ability to follow a team, watch a team, be a fan – when you don't live in the same city that your team plays in, it's so easy now. Seeing it in person doesn't mean what it used to. It's not the only way. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And you can follow us on Twitter at AlmostCoop.